Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. The key point of truth is it's outside of you. But what's a fun phrase everybody has today? Well, you, you, that's your truth. This is my truth. No, it's not. That's your perspective. This is my perspective. That was your experience. This is my experience. That doesn't mean that it's truth. There has to be something outside of you that exceeds and transcends emotion and transcends personal interest. Our world is not short on difficulties that we are working through. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation are challenged by wars, famines, earthquakes, disease, as well as many personal challenges like family issues, career issues, and health issues. And as a result, people begin to wonder, maybe now more than ever, is this the end? In this sermon series, we will be attempting to answer this question by looking at the four horsemen in Revelation 6. Through this study, we will not only better understand the end times, but also better understand these difficult times we are in. Now enjoy today's message. Intimidation. And the Bible tells us this of Satan, that he's not a meek little lamb, that he is an enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And how does he devour? Well, that evil, again, that, that, that tension of good and evil, can come into our world in very evident ways. Like 9-11. You, you would be a sick person to look at that and say, that's a good thing, that was, that was good. No, that was evil, that was wrong, that was terrible. But Satan also works much more subtly than that. And this is what we have to pay attention to. It's those subtle things that are just a little off that he leverages in significant ways in our lives to cause us to question God's truth and maybe even causes us to drift away from God altogether. Think about it like this. When my children were getting ready to get into t-ball, baseball, I began to think about what my experience was like when I played t-ball. When I played t-ball, you know what happened? You got, after three strikes, you were out. Like it was strike one, strike two, strike three, I'm out, I'm out, that was the rule. You, you know, if you're playing a team and, and uh, they, they score five, six runs on you in an inning, you know what happens? They get to keep scoring more runs on you until you get three outs on them. They just keep scoring runs. Eventually there was a run rule if you got far enough into the game, but, but at some point uh, they, they just kept on going and going and going even when you would want it to end. That was just part of the game. And then my kids started getting into the t-ball, and I noticed that it seemed like the rules changed a little bit. And three strikes meant you got four, or five, or six, or whatever it took for you to make contact, or seven, or eight. I mean, it just kept going. And then you know what? There came a point if, if they scored five runs or six runs, there was a cap, and they didn't get to score any more runs. Matter of fact, if they just got through their lineup and everybody batted once, that was it. It didn't matter how the game was going. And I thought, I don't know if I like that. I liked, I liked having that challenge. I liked having to focus and push myself to not strike out. I liked having pressure on us on defense to get those three outs. I liked that. And then I'm pitching one day to my son. And it's strike one. And it's strike two. And then it's strike three. But he was so close. 
And I thought, man, this is nice. He gets that fourth strike, that fifth strike, because he gets a couple more swings at it. I'm thinking, okay, this is all right. This is going to work. And he makes contact. He gets a hit. And then, and then I watch our team just getting obliterated by somebody by, by, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine runs, and they run through their entire lineup. And I'm thinking, wow, this is a good rule now. This is a good rule change that, that my team doesn't, isn't going to get beat by 50. We get to stop and go back and come back in and bat, and they can't score any more runs on us. You see where I'm going with this? I, I, I felt like there was truth, and I felt like there was a rule, and I felt like it was good until, you know, if the rule change benefited me, I felt like it was right until like what was until until it changed and it and it would and it would help my son. And I'm not trying to pick on T ball. They they know what's best there, but we start drifting into our lives and you see how tricky that gets. Let me ask you two very poignant and direct questions. Is there anything that has been historically established by God as true and right, but now you see it as false and wrong because it benefits someone you love? Is there anything that was once one way, but now it's not really all that good, and that's okay because now it benefits somebody that you love or it benefits you? Is there anything Number two, that has been established historically by God as false and wrong, but now you see it as true and right because it benefits someone you love. Are you making the connection back to where we started with the white horse? It, it kind of looks like Jesus, but it maybe not. In other words, it kind of looks right, but maybe it's not. This once was wrong, but I think it's true. Are, are you tracking with me on this? There's going to come a point where you're going to have to deal with this. And you're either going to put your faith and trust into God and his scriptures and his ways, or you're going to give way to Satan's strategy here to lead you away from truth. You might not believe in Jesus, or you might kind of question, you know, the scriptures and the validity and how much influence they should have on your life. And, and I would just say, just be open to what I'm saying, consider it, but also realize that if you're dabbling in a lot of different things, how are you ever gonna know what is really true and right? Thanks for joining us on Hope for the Day. This is Pastor Philip Holland, and I come to you today with some bittersweet news. After four wonderful years of sharing the hope of Jesus through our sermons on Hope for the Day, it's time for us to say goodbye. But before we part ways, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you who has tuned in week after week, allowing our messages to resonate in your hearts and your lives. Your support has been so valued by our team, and I'm so grateful for the ways that God has used this ministry. Now, as we close this chapter, I want to remind you that our mission does not end here. 
You can still access our sermons, delve deeper into our community, and find biblical resources and support on our website at valleyviewcc.com. And better yet, join us in person at one of our Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., or 11 a.m. Now, the reason that we're making this change is entirely strategic. We're excited about what we have coming up, and that has led us as a church to make an adjustment in our approach to this media ministry of ours. And so as we do something new going forward, I want you to keep your eyes open for the Valley View Christian Church podcast, where we'll continue to share sermons, interviews, and uplifting messages in new and exciting ways. So friends, as we bid farewell to this season of Hope for the Day, I just want to thank you again for being a part of our community, and may you always remember the hope that we have in Jesus. Let me give you a few examples if you aren't exactly sure how to answer these questions. What's good that used to be bad? Drinking too much alcohol. I, it, it, there, was a, there was a point often with Christians that drinking and getting drunk was deemed a bad thing. Like you needed to manage that. And at some point in time, and I'm not exactly sure when it was, Christian liberty, just people felt like they needed to max it out, and it didn't matter how much you drank, even if you were at home. I remember being in college, and not a Christian man, and as I was prepping one night, and hanging out with some buddies, and we're getting ready to prep to go out, and all this and that, we decided to stay out all night long. And it was a big party, and we all drank too much and got drunk. And then the next day, we had a basketball practice early in the morning, and it was awful. We were all operating on an hour and a half of sleep at best, not to mention the hangover we were dealing with on top of it. And we walked out of there like, yeah, we did it. We made it through. Now we're all going to go home and pass out. This was awful. But it was a feather in our cap. Then fast forward a few years. I'm in Bible college, I'm teaching at a local church, doing some different things voluntarily, but on a track to get to where I'm at now. I go to a wedding, and I can't tell you what it was, but I drank four, five, six beers. I'm not sure what it was, but it was too much. I, I said things I shouldn't have said, and I behaved in a way I shouldn't have behaved. I was certainly not above reproach. And it didn't hit me until the next day I woke up. And when I woke up that next day, I didn't wake up thinking, yeah, I did it. It's a feather in my cap. I woke up thinking, man, why did I act like that? Why did I do that? And you know what it meant? I had to call several people that day and apologize because that wasn't right. But in our world, it's sort of getting a little loosey-goosey. And now it's like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But it is. We're not supposed to behave that way. Inappropriate jokes and language. You know, again, if you're a Christian, like, turning everything into a sexual innuendo, it's, it's not appropriate. I had a friend of mine um, I was visiting with some time ago. And, and, um, and he just, everything turns into a joke like this. And I just said, you know, at some point you probably, you really need to think about that because you're really not setting a good example for these people that don't believe in Jesus. Like, it's just not a good idea to joke about 
having kids that you don't know about. You just, just don't do that. Don't go there. And language, and, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to split hairs on what to say and what not to say, but just flying off of the rails and cussing and acting crazy. It, at what point did that become good? But it has become good for people. It has. And I'm saying this from a standpoint of, again, from a Christian perspective. If you aren't a Christian, I just want you to be open to it. Just consider this. Recognize that Jesus is calling you to a better life. He's calling all of us to a better. We've never fully arrived. There's always grace and mercy. But we have to recognize that something isn't right to receive that grace and mercy. Sexualized thoughts and patterns. I'm not even going to jump ahead to an actual full-blown affair. But I talk to enough people and they'll, they'll, they'll say, you know, they struggle with this. And at times I've had to deal with my own thought life. It's just not good to think about somebody you're not married with in a sexual way. God wants something better for you than that. He doesn't want you to have those thought patterns, even if you're not acting out on them, because guess what? Those thoughts do eventually lead to action, even though you may not all get all the way down that road. A divorce? A divorce is heartbreaking. And maybe you've went through that. And maybe it wasn't, maybe you didn't have a choice. And I understand that. But I was just talking to a guy this past week who said, I did not have a choice. And it was awful. He would never say, and he didn't, that it was a good thing. But I've heard people say, oh, you know, it's just divorce. It's not just divorce. God hates divorce. And he hates it because he sees that century-long impact that just divorce has on a family. He sees the trajectory of it. He sees how it impacts generation after generation after generation. And it takes generation after generation after generation to recover from that divorce. It's not just divorce. And then there's abortion. You know, in Texas, there was this law that was passed in which abortion was limited at six weeks. And I think that's a good, I think that's good. That's valuing life. As a church, we believe that's a good thing. We ought to value the life that is in the womb. We ought to do that. And here in our state, you think somebody could have an abortion up to 40 weeks. Can you, I mean, that is, a, that is a human being. And now we believe it's good that people have the right to have an abortion at 40 weeks. I mean, having regulation and parameter on it is a good thing for society to flourish. That's not a good thing. And same-sex marriage, again, it's a tough thing. Those questions that we were asking relate a lot to this movement. There was a time in which people viewed that as not being God's way. And now it's viewed as, well, this has got to be God's way because it's love. We got to dig into that a little bit more here and talk about all the implications of that because that, does not, that is not what the Bible teaches. And then we get into the trans movement and you've got people who identify with a certain gender. And sometimes those pronouns even shift by the day. And I've got little girls that play sports. And I'm looking at this now as I'm looking around the landscape of, of activities, sporting activities. And I'm thinking, wait a second. 
That is a full-blown boy who has gone through all the hormonal transitions of a boy who is now identifying as a female and destroying the competition, getting scholarships, getting awards, getting medals. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Like, this was never a good thing, but now it's a good thing. That's the strategy. So what do we do with that? Hi, this is Pastor Philip Holland of Valley View Christian Church speaking, and today I come to you with a mix of gratitude and also for reflection. After four remarkable years of sharing sermons and faith-based conversations on Hope for the Day, it's time for us as a church to close this chapter. And the reason that we are doing this is entirely strategic. We want more people to receive the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as we are doing that, we're going to shift towards more of a podcast format. But before we part ways, I want to take a moment to express my deepest thanks to each and every one of you who has been a part of our journey. Your faithfulness in listening, engaging, and spreading hope has been nothing short of inspiring, and I'm immensely grateful for your support. Now, as we prepare to bid farewell to this radio show, I want to remind you that our message of hope and faith will continue to shine brightly. You can still connect with us and explore more of our church community at our website, valleyviewcc.com. There you'll find sermons, resources, and opportunities to deepen your spiritual journey. And also, once again, you can follow our Valley View Christian Church podcast, where you'll continue to find sermons, interviews, and other uplifting messages in a brand new format. Now, as we embark on this new chapter, let us carry the hope of Jesus with us wherever we go. Thank you for being a part of this community, and may the grace of God continue to guide and bless you abundantly. Here's two things that we can consider in a response to how Satan is compromising right and wrong. Number one is be cautious of new and interesting ideas. Some of you love interesting and exciting ideas. That's just the way you're wired. I get it. And you should entertain new ideas and interesting teachings. But realize there could be significant risk involved. I have a friend of mine who was at a church I was a part of several years ago. He was an elder at that church. He was a Bible-believing man. We got any Church of Christ background people here? A couple of you, yeah, you got a few of you. I mean, you all believe in the Bible. Like, you are like all in on the Bible. You make Muslims look bad whenever, you, you know, you are all in on it, man. When it comes to reading the Holy Scriptures, you are all over the Scriptures. Church of Christ background, but love new ideas. I was texting with him about a month ago, and he was sending me some podcasts of stuff that he's been listening to, and he said, this has just been really guiding and directing my wife and I's journey of faith. And I looked at the guys he's listening to, and I even listened to one of the podcasts. These guys don't believe in the Bible anymore. They, they're even questioning the, the exclusivity of Christ. And they're basically drifting into universalism. And it's because he didn't weigh the, the risk of new and interesting ideas. And now I don't even know where exactly he is. And he used to be an elder of a church. I'm just left thinking, what is happening here? Ephesians put some words to it. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, every new and interesting idea, 
by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, in love, okay, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, at the same time, challenge the Christian in here, but if you're not, you know, this is a loving thing. Like, we really do want the best for you, even if you don't agree. I really want the best for you, even if you don't agree. So there is a heart behind it that's motivated in love. And, but we're to grow up in that love in every way as Christ is our head, not those new ideas. And then the scripture goes on in Revelation 2, if we go back to the church in Pergamum, but I have a few things against you, Jesus said, because you have, there are some who have hold to the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit acts of sexual immorality so that you also have some who in the same way hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. This teaching, these compromises are an early form of Gnosticism. Gnosticism taught that the body didn't matter, the spirit was the only thing that mattered. In other words, you could do whatever you wanted, physically speaking, and spiritually still be fine. Satan started using this strategy very early on to trick people into confusing what is right and what is wrong, and you find it very early on with this church in Pergamum as they're starting to eat food, sacrifice to idols, and participate in that worship, participate in immorality, all of those different things because they were interested in new ideas. The second response is this, is to stand on truth. The key point of truth is, it's outside of you. But what's a fun phrase everybody has today? Well, you, you, that's your truth. This is my truth. No, it's not. That's your perspective, this is my perspective, this, that was your experience, this is my experience. That doesn't mean that it's truth. There has to be something outside of you that exceeds and transcends emotion and transcends personal interest. When we're outside as a family, I talk to my kids often, if it's a clear sky and it's dark enough, about the Big Dipper. And the reason I always point out the Big Dipper to them is because if they ever are lost and they aren't exactly sure how to get home and it's late at night, if you know where the Big Dipper is, you can figure out where the North Star is. Because there's a handle and then there's the pan and the last two stars of the pan always point towards Polaris, which is the North Star. And you know a funny thing about North? Is North never changes when you're guided by that star. And I tell them, hey, if you ever are in the woods, if you're ever out at a park and it's dark and you can't find your way back, this is how you figure it out. Because you might feel like this is north and you might feel like this is north. You might think that that is north. The reality is what you feel and what you think doesn't matter. That star is what's going to get you north. That star is what's going to get you home. Hebrews says, but solid food is for the mature who by, con who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And as you dig into the Bible and hold on to God's truth that is outside of yourself, that is really true, 
you get to, over the course of time, and it takes time, gradually mature enough to distinguish what is good and what is evil. I love how Charles Spurgeon put it many, many years ago. Discernment is not simply a matter of telling the difference between what is right and wrong. Rather, it is the difference between right and almost right. When Satan comes galloping into your life on that white horse, he is going to try to tempt you and guide you and direct you towards almost right. But if you can be guided by God's North Star, his true truth, that is something that you'll be able to distinguish and not fall prey to. And as we come into these times, these seemingly end times, that is gonna be one of his greatest strategies against us. Let's pray and we'll continue in our worship. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for what you've given us in Christ, the one who is the way and the truth and the life. As we sort through this life, help us to lean into your truth. Father, wherever we're at with you, may we be open to what you would have to say. I pray that our hearts would be open, our minds would be cleared to you speaking into us. In Jesus Christ's name. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.